Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. My name is Angela Luria. I am the uh, creator of the Author Incubator and founder of The Difference Process for Writing a Book That Makes a Difference. And today with us on the show, we have Michelle Colson. Michelle is the author of The Undiscovered Goddess. Um, you can find out more about this at theundiscoveredgoddess.com. Seems like a perfect person to talk to on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. And so tell us a little bit about The Undiscovered Goddess. What's the book about and how did you come to write it? Okay, so the book itself is kind of a, a piece of autobiographical fiction. It pretty much um, it's in journal format, kind of like a workbook, and it's a comedic take on self-help. And uh, it's about a woman who's pretty much um, sick of living in a perpetual state of identity crisis, and she decides to go on a journey to discover her inner goddess and find out what it really means to uh, feel your true power. So. That's pretty much the premise of the book. <laughs> but, awesome. Um, how, did, how did you come to write that book? Well, you know, it's kind of a funny story, and I'll, you know, I don't want to go on too long. <laughs> I know you're on a schedule, but it actually started out, um, if you can believe it, as a vampire book, because you know, oh, they're kind of well, doing that's well, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so it was just kind of, it was kind of funny going into um, this whole, you know what? All of these vampire books are all broody and serious. I think it'd be really funny to, to write a funny vampire book, and um, but it just could not come together. I could not make it work. And one day, I was um, kind of doing this self exercise, and I came across this word goddess. And all of a sudden, I felt like I had been struck by lightning. And um, the book I started outlining, and the book kind of wrote itself after that. So I feel like it was kind of a gift that was given to me to deliver to the world, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And what was your – did you know you were going to – the moment you knew that you were going to write a book, were you trying to write a book that made a difference in the world? Were you trying to entertain? What was your goal for writing a book? Just creative well, expression? I think, yeah, I, I think that it was actually a little bit of both. I wanted to find or maybe create a new entry point into um, – kind of, you know, just self-introspection, but I had read, I was, you know, I'm a self-proclaimed self-help junkie, and I, there were so many books that I found so intimidating or so many books that did absolutely nothing for me because I just wasn't in a place where, you know, that, that those particular messages resonated with me, and I kind of wanted, you know, I, I do a lot better when I can laugh at myself, and so um, I thought what a, you know, a great way to, to inspire people to go within and look look within and find out what's going on with their emotional state if they can laugh about it. I think that we're we're so much more willing to to look within if we can laugh and say, Oh my God, I, I totally do that as opposed to, you know, being told they have a problem. So that that's kind of what my goal was with the book. Although that's not exactly I didn't know it when I first started it, but as it kind of began developing, I needed to So, what, so tell me what, from what you can remember, tell me what you did know when you started it. Were you like, oh, this is a good idea, this will be fun, or were you like, I'm going to quit my day job and be a full-time writer? Like, what was your goal at the beginning? I want to talk about how that shifted as you started to learn more about the process. 
Well, when I first started, I did it because I knew it was going to be fun, and um, because I'm, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and so I, you know, my day job doesn't really ever quit anyway. But um, I, I, I wanted to, to have fun, and it started out as kind of a hobby that I was toying with the idea of trying to get it published, and then um, honestly, I, I went to New York on a girls' trip, and. There was just something. There was something that clicked, and I, I was standing there in a group of people, and someone, you know, shouted out, "Hey, well, what do you do?" And before I knew what I was saying, I said, "I'm a writer." And wow, there this, yeah, there was like this kind of like emotional, spiritual shift that happened, and I knew at that point I was doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I decided I was going to go get it published. Wow. So that's fascinating. One of the when I work with clients, one of the assignments I give them is to actually go in public to a networking event or even just a girls' weekend and to say and to declare themselves a writer, to actually say I'm a writer. And for a lot of people, that's a multi, multi-week, multi sometimes multi-month step process. It's not, yeah. uh, for a lot of people, that's not an easy uh, transition to make. Why do you think that came so naturally for you? Well, um I think a, I w- it was I was safe because I was talking to people that I knew for a fact I would never ever see again. <laughs> so okay, I didn't feel like I was great advice. So that's you know for people that are listening, that's a great way to try it on is with people that you know you aren't going to see again. Uh, that's uh, that's how I sing. I like to sing karaoke in foreign countries or states where right. I know I will never see people. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I you typically end up singing it in front of people that I will see again. And it never works out well for me. But I can tell you, for your listeners, I what I think what was so inspiring for me, for me to be able to say I'm a writer, it was the reaction that I got. Because I think that a lot of people are afraid to declare that because of all of the fears that go along with it, like the fears of failure and not being taken seriously, and or just having the fear of not being able to say, oh, yeah, I wrote this book, not being published. And But the mm-hmm. cool thing was is that whenever I said that, yeah, I'm a writer, and it was just like, oh, that's awesome. What have you done? Like, well, you've done nothing yet, but I'm, you know, getting there. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. And I didn't feel like I had to prove myself like I thought I was going to, if that makes any sense. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And for you, was the what was the most important part of that? Is it when you call yourself a writer, is it about having – a finished product with readers, or for you, is it more about being a creator? Like, what do you think gets you most excited? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but more than anything, it's the creative aspect. Um, it's it's the ability and, like, just the, the cool uh, job to be able to sit down and just start with an idea, and then, you know, at the end of it, you have this piece of work that people can look at and read and be entertained by. So um, for me, that's what it's all about. But honestly, more than anything, um, I I encourage people to write all the time, even if they're not doing it for creative purposes, even if no one's ever going to read it, just because it's such fantastic therapy. Yeah, that's for sure. So did you have a goal? (laughs) Excuse me. Did you have a goal of, um, especially because you, like me, are a self-help junkie. Did you have a goal of changing people in some way, that people who read this book, you would make a difference in their life? Was that something that was important to you? You know, I think definitely something that deep down was important for me. I didn't want um, I didn't want to come out and say it. 
because I was, mm. um, I guess, kind of intimidated by, because I think there's a certain amount of pressure to, to actually declare, I'm going to write something, and I'm going to make a difference, I'm going to make a change with my work. It, you know, it, you start drawing the attention of people who you're afraid, it, it kind of like reflects your own self-doubt, if that makes sense. But um, mm. I think that once I started getting test readers and, you know, there were women in my life who, who would read just a chapter here or just to kind of give me feedback, and they were saying, oh, my God, I, every woman needs to hear this. And so I think that's when it was really because of the support of women in my life that I thought, hey, you know what, maybe I can actually come out and declare that, yeah, this is this book could actually help somebody. So that was Okay, so uh, let's, let's talk about test readers. That's a great concept. Where did you learn it and how did you use test readers in your process? Well, um honestly, the the idea of a test reader um kind of just came to me naturally simply because I I have to have um, affirmations, or I, I need, or like I need somebody to validate. Okay, this is good, or this is crap. And I, and so, you know, even though I might feel good about it, it's important for me to have somebody else's perspective, especially when you're writing and you're so, you're so close to something, you know what you're saying, but you don't know if your reader knows what you're saying. And so, I, it was really important to me to have someone read that and confirm that. Yes, I totally know what you're trying to say here, and you know that made sense. And so that's honestly how it started out. It was just getting other people's ideas about what I was writing. And who were your test readers? Were they friends and family, or did you find them online? A writers? Group? Oh, yeah. No, I had to do no. The, <laughs> I had to still. I mean, I'm kind of a wimp, and so I, I did go to people who I know would be cheerleaders for me. So of course, you know. My mom, she was also a freelance editor, and so I would send things to her to, for her to proofread. But, yeah, it was definitely friends and family. And then as um, as I grew more confident, then I would reach out to friends of friends who maybe I didn't know personally, but they're big readers. And so that, you know, that that's helped me um, along with my second book. I've gotten more test readers for that, so... And so would you send a chapter at a time, or did you wait until the whole book was finished? When did you start, um, you know, sending stuff over for people to read? For The Undiscovered Goddess, it was, it was a chapter at a time. And then, um, and then once, before I decided, I, was, I, I signed up and I, um, uh, I'm sorry, I can't think of the word, applied to the New York pitch. And um, before I took it there to go pitch it to editors and uh, publishers, I had a few friends read the whole thing just to let me know how it flowed for them. So it was kind of both. Okay. Well, what is something that you wish you knew before you started your first book? Maybe um, maybe something uh, that you're, you, you, you just mentioned you're writing a second book. Is there something that you're using now that you learned from your first book that you're like, oh, next time around, I am definitely doing it yeah. this way? Yeah. Um, well, I, it's, it, that's kind of a two-part question because my first book and my second book are so incredibly different, two completely different genres. And so I can't really apply um, what I learned in the first book to the second book. But one thing that I can say um, was really eye-opening was the publishing process and um, what I learned about Big House Publishing and, and agents and how long it actually takes to get 
your book out there if if you're you know an independent uh, publisher or you're self publishing um it's a, it's a it's a grassroots effort um at least it has been for me anyway and so i think that okay so once so walk us through some of this tell tell me what you learned about publishing how long it takes to walk okay. us through you what what you know about publishing for you what okay. your experience is it okay well I was lucky enough to find a really great editor um, from going to the New York pitch. That was a really a, a blessing for me was to get a really fantastic editor, which I highly recommend. Um, but she was really helpful to me in, in encouraging me to research. And so, you know, kind of getting getting online and researching big publishing houses and, and um, learning that it's not the same game that it used to be and that there's an actual reason why self-publishing is on the rise um, because it's just, you know, it's the, the big publishing houses don't do what they used to do. And so um, trying, you know, obviously you need to get an agent. If you want to go through a big house, you got to have an agent. And that's a huge process in and of itself, just querying agents, trying to get them to see your work. So, I mean, that I, I queried agents for about four months and finally decided that I wanted to take my success into my own hands. And so um, I decided to self-publish, and I'm so glad that so I did. So the process... So the process would have been you're going to spend some amount of time querying agents, and right. and you stopped at four months, but let's say in month six you would have found an agent. Then right. after six months of finding an agent, then that agent would probably take about as long to yep. find the a publisher. Yep. Right. right. And so you, after four months of this, were like, hey, I don't know how long I want to wait. Is that, is well, that what made you jump, or did you get some rejections that made you feel like, oh, I want, I still want to publish this? How did you make the decision to bail out of that process, which can be, you know, two years easily? Yes. Well, I honestly, I just kind of I followed my gut. Um, I just I strongly felt that um, self-publishing was the way that I needed to go. And but I'm a huge follow your gut kind of gal. So that's, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of intellect in my decision. It was really something that I felt my way into. And um, I had the support of my editor, but she was, you know, she kind of held my hand through the process. But um, honestly, I'll tell you, one of the things that kind of sealed the deal, though, was learning that um, just because you get published by a big house does not necessarily mean that they're going to do the work for you. They no longer edit. They don't market for you. So you're still doing all the work, but you're splitting the pie like 12 ways at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I was kind of like, so uh, what's the point? Why don't I just do this? By Tell me again what the upside is. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So this time around, did you consider going with a major publisher, or did you kind of save yourself that four months of querying uh, agents? Oh, I'm I'm most definitely gonna go the self-publishing route again. I haven't. It's, it's gonna be a, it's going to be a series, so I'm I'm kind of letting the first one bake. I've got a lot of irons in the fire right now, so I haven't had the opportunity to get back to writing for the sequel. But um, I enjoyed the self-publishing process, and um, it kind of it it made me feel like I was the one in control, and I kind of like that <laughs> being a bit of a control freak that I am. So it was uh, it's definitely the way that I'll go again this for the second time. So um, when you say you like being in control, what are the, some of the things that you control because you self-publish that you wouldn't if you were working with a publishing house? 
Well, um, just you know, speaking personally with my, it, it was kind of it was nice to be able to um, to go over a lot of the formatting, a lot of the the book design, um, but on on my time. So I'm the mm. one talking to the book designer or to the cover designer. I'm the one submitting the files. I'm the one that's following up. I know, you know, who who's on what task, and I'm the one who's talking to the creative teams. And so I felt like just it was it was nice to have there was no middleman, and so I was I was the one in control of of knowing how long something was going to take because that's I think a lot of times that's the excruciating part about it, is not knowing when you're going to get a finished product or when something's going to happen and so it's kind of nice to be able to uh, to know those things going into it or at least be the one who's taking the phone calls when it gets delayed. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. How did you um how did you deal with uh the some of the budget issues because you were self publishing there's some costs that ended up with you um was that something you were prepared for and if not how did you deal with that Well I was really lucky um my my editor uh Jennifer Ciotta she's she self published her book um, and so I had a great um, resource for information. So she had all of these tips on, okay, this is what you need to do here. This is how she – in fact, she wrote a book, um, an e-book. It's like 99 cents, and it's called The No BS Guide to Self-Publishing, um, which I would highly recommend to anybody out there who's considering self-publishing. Uh, her name's again, it's Jennifer Ciotta, and she wrote this comprehensive, super quick read. I mean, it's like maybe 45 minutes to read the whole thing about everything that you should and should not do whenever you're um, going to self-publish. But she, she, as far as the budgeting is concerned, she really um, hooked me up with a lot of her people that she works with. And so I was actually able to get some good deals because she was on my team. So um, it helped. Yeah, it was. I, I got really lucky because I know that that's not – that's not always the case for everyone because I know self-publishing can be really expensive, but I was able to kind of dodge some of those bullets because of her. So um, what is one thing, if, if there's somebody out there who has written a book or is close to finishing, they know they want to self-publish, um, mm-hmm. but they don't, have, um, they don't have somebody on their side they can edit her. What is one thing you would tell them for sure to make, uh, you know, to make sure that they take full control of? Um, what's one area where maybe she helped you the most? Um, well, and, and how do you mean as far as the, the area that she helped me the most? Um, no, in terms of publishing, like is it okay. is it picking a printer? Is it finding the right cover designer? Is it writing the back cover copy? Like, what do you think is the most important thing that having her in your corner, um, you know, saved you some hassle that you would have learned the hard way? Um, honestly, golly, that's there's a lot because I went into it completely blind. So she held my hand through a lot of it, getting the cover. She helped. She helped me get the cover designer. She helped me um, with my query letters. She helped me um, with the with the the cover blurbs and everything like that. So she was actually she's a rock star. <laughs> I know, I'm making my so let's about talk about cover editor. blurbs. Did you get uh, advanced readers? Uh, did you get blurbs from who did you get blurbs from, and how did you get them? 
actually, I um, the only cover blurb that I have is from Kirkus. Um, I because I you know I did I queried for cover blurbs, but at the same time I'm extremely impatient, and that was going to add <laughs> probably another you know six months um, sending my books out to have people read. And, and, and who did you say it was from? I wasn't familiar with. For, um, from Kirkus Reviews. Well, okay, so tell people that, that I don't know what that is. So. Okay, so Kirkus, Kirkus Reviews, um, they're, it's, it's a team or, yeah, pretty much a house of critics. Um, and they have an independent program to where you can submit your manuscript to them or your, your published book, and they'll read it, and they'll give you a review. Um, and so, which the, the great thing is, if it's a positive review, you know, they, they post that on their website and you're free to, to use it and, uh, you know, and if it's negative, then you're also free to just, you know, throw it away. But um, the cool thing is, is that... And is that something you pay for? You do have to pay, um, but the good thing is, considering that Kirkus is a pretty reputable critic, it's it's really helpful. It's kind, it's kind of nice to have an actual critic if you if you know if you get a, a positive review, it can be really nice to put that on your cover. And because so, even though you pay, they don't guarantee it's going to be positive. That's true. Yeah, and so it is, right. it's a risk. But you know, I mean, yeah, I know that's great. Product, and so, what uh, can you spell that for us? The name of that company? Sure. Yeah, it's K I R K U S Kirkus Reviews, and I think it's, it's either Kirkus dot com or KirkusReviews.com. Yeah. Awesome. I am Googling that. Yeah, it is. It's KirkusReviews.com, but if you just go to Kirkus.com, K-I-R-K-U-S, you will see it right. there. And it looks mm-hmm. like they also have some contests and looks like a great resource. Well, thank you for that. That was a nice that was a nice little gem. <laughs> yeah, um, a little nugget there. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So, all right. Well, why don't you tell us now, when, was your, when did you publish your book? Um, it launched in August of twelfth, uh, so it hasn't been out a super long time. Um, and in that time, since August, or even maybe with you know some of your early your early readers, what would you say is the best thing to come out of being an author, kind of having your book done? Oh wow! Um, honestly, I think it's the accomplishment. Um, alone, just the, um, for, I guess for me when I, when I first when I first launched it, there were a lot of a lot of friends and a lot of people that were like, wow, you wrote a book, that's amazing, and I was like, well, you know, it's, it's whatever, and it's been kind of a, a, an opening an eye opening experience for me to be like, you know what? Yes, I wrote a book. I wrote a book and. I got it published, and now there it is. You can see it on Amazon.com or Kindle or Nook or iTunes, and I did that. And I think that um, no one can ever take that away from you. And so it's yeah. fun, you know, especially when there are people who are saying, "When are you? When? What's your next book?" And I, you know, at, at my book launch, I had people there who I didn't even know who had read it, had somehow gotten a copy of it and read it. And we're telling me, oh my God, you know, I felt like I was like you were in my head. This is my life, and I'm journaling now, and I'm doing yoga now, and that was really huge to be able to to be on the receiving end of that. It was extremely humbling and a huge honor just to have one just one person 
give me a, a great review was enough. But to have several people just in the same night at the launch party to to give me a great review like that, that was awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I am, I'm on Amazon right now, which if you go to Amazon, you can look up The Undiscovered Goddess, and you will see there are a lot of wonderful reviews up there from readers. And... Um, and both in terms of entertainment value, but also it looks like in terms of making a difference. So I love I love that idea that to make a difference, you don't have to write a you know a heavy book about you know 16 ways to do transcendental meditation, but they exactly. can actually you know find a light way to enter that conversation. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, thank you. So what there was a day that you're in New York and you're telling people that you're a writer. And then, you know, years later, months or years later, you're holding your book in your hand. Yeah. What was different for you about what you expected when you said, I'm writing a book, till the moment you're holding it in your hand? How is that different than what you expected? That's a great question. Um, well, I have to admit that um, whenever I dream, I dream big. and But that doesn't mean that I have realistic expectations. So... Um, it's kind of funny because there were several times where my husband was like, you know, babe, it's going to take a little while for Oprah to get you on the phone. Okay, because I was like, you know, why am I not sitting next to Kelly Ripa right now? What's the problem with the hold-up? And so um, I think that I kind of, because I'm so hard on myself and I'm so super critical, um, I kind of actually stole the magic of that moment of, oh, my God, here I am. Here's my book. I did it. Um, I was already looking on to the next conquest, which was sales. And so I think that that's a, a really something that I, if I could go back and re-answer that question, um, something that I would tell your listeners, it's very important, is to embrace the fact that you wrote a book. It's a big deal, and it's something to be really, really proud of. And even if you never sell a single copy, it's still a huge thing. And to not, to, to not, Feel your own joy because you're you're looking at the bottom line because that's not it's not always what it's about. Yeah, I think that's great. When I when I talk to people and they're imagining their books, a lot of times I'll say, well, about how many books do you think you'll sell? And um, consistently, the answer is um, ten thousand. I knew it. Ten thousand. I was actually going to answer ten thousand, but everyone's going to sell ten thousand, and I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, you, that would be extremely successful. (laughs) And I don't think people realize that book sales are a little bit different um, than than what people expect. Even a a New York Times bestseller is often 30,000 books that they're selling. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily millions like when you think of Harry Potter or Twilight. Right. And, you know, if you can sell 5,000 books in a year, that's a huge success. 10,000, yeah. you would have Oprah knocking on your door probably. So um, so I think setting realistic expectations and then not taking anything away from that because a book is, of course, a whole lot more than your book sales. And I bet there are ways that you're able to make a difference or get your voice heard because you're an author, even by people that haven't read your book. Yeah. Have you found that stores have been open to you as an author? Um, did you say stores? Oh, no, I said doors. 
like doors. Okay, was like, oh god, <laughs> no, that, not yes. doors. That's a different thing. Not, not doors, no. Um, doors, absolutely. Um, it's been, it's actually been really cool um, to have people ask me, "Will you come to my book club and talk talk about this?" Or will you, you know, I have a yoga studio that's uh, nearby, and, and the the owner of the studio wants to do a workshop based on the book, and that's been, I'm. Like wow, that just blows my mind. That's so cool. Um, that that those kind of doors are opening. And I have because of this book, I have my own web talk radio show. And you know, I wouldn't have had a, a talk radio show without this book. And so, of course, I mean, it's it's opening all kinds of doors for me and um, and giving me the opportunity to meet all kinds of really cool people. That's awesome. I think that's so much more what it's about. Book sales are important, but they're definitely only one piece of the equation. I think when people go in, they don't know that. So, Okay, we've yep. only got about a minute left, and I just want to end the show with any advice or tips if you're to slip into uh, book coach mode, which is, you know, usually my role, and if there's something you would tell somebody who wants to be an author, what would be your, you know, one-minute advice? Um, I would say that no matter what, keep writing. Keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. Even if you think it's crap, keep writing because um, I think we we judge too harshly too much of the time and we're expecting to write, you know, James Patterson quality immediately and it takes practice. And so, with, you know, be patient with yourself and don't stop writing. Beautiful. Well, I think being patient with ourselves is one of the big lessons that we get from writing is we learn new ways to be patient with ourselves and, and new ways to reach out to the world and connect that are maybe unexpected. So, Michelle, I so appreciate your time today. Michelle Colson, C-O-L-S-T-O-N, C-O-L-S-T-O-N, author of The Undiscovered Goddess, and you can find out more and read her very funny blog at theundiscoveredgoddess.com. Thank you so much for Thanks, having Michelle. me. Had a great- Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.